What happens when you eat birthday cake if it's not your birthday? How do you wash a waterproof coat? All of these questions you can find the answer to on, on this, this Paranormal, Paranormal Life. Life. Hello everyone and welcome back to This Paranormal Life, the weekly comedy paranormal podcast where every week myself and this guy Kit Greer investigate a brand new tale, case, claim, beast, legend, story, cryptid, alien, and find out whether or not it is really paranormal or if it's just a crock of shit. There's a lot of crocs of shit. And speaking of crocs, boy do I have a great episode today. Like the shoes, perchance? Uh, no, not the shoes. The gators. Oh. Exactly. Before we get into this episode, that second intro question, how do you wash a waterproof coat? You actually need some feedback on that? I genuinely do. Okay. This isn't even a bit. I ordered a- Can I, um, can I see the thing? It's here somewhere in the flat. I accidentally dropped an entire salt beef mustard bagel uh, on my white waterproof coat today. It looked like- it had, it something had exploded on me, like a bank heist had gone wrong, and I opened up the case that had an ink bomb in it. It's Christ. a it's it's complete mess, and I don't know how to wash it now. I do think, you t- do you take it to a uh what do you what do you uh, dry cleaners? If it's so it's waterproof, so it's repel. I think you just wipe it, don't you? Well, <laughs> it didn't wipe very well because that white jacket's looking pretty yellow. Look, just just email us in this paranormal life uh, if you have any tips. On how I can fix my expensive Nike jacket. Sorry, back to the back to the back to the show. Got a little sidetracked there. This week we're getting our episode ideas, not where we usually get them, not from the dark web, and not from our inbox. I found this suggestion as a post from Jamie Brock Webb on the This Paranormal Life Facebook page. Okay, so not the <laughs> a different inbox, if you will. Sure, yeah, I, and a different dark still web. Still a listener's suggestion, but he didn't. He didn't say like, "Hey, investigate this." He was just like, "Hey, check this out, you bunch of freaks." Okay, and I and I did, and immediately I was excited, curious, and a little aroused, frankly. Interesting. So I followed the link, which led to a very recent New York Times article about something I feel is very important to talk about. Our story today, Kit, is one of legend, passed down from generation to generation. But perhaps there is some truth to this legend. It's up to us to find out. Didn't you say this was a New York Times article the other day? How is this a legend passed on through the generations? It's a New York Times article about a legend passed down from generation to generation. <laughs> is that the New York Times remit? I thought they were like cutting edge news. They write some some classics as well, some oldies. Some myths? Every year they print the f***ing Bible, alright? It didn't happen the yesterday. The New York Times? <laughs> no, no, publishers. You can write stories about old shit. You think Hogwarts is around now? No. It's happened. It's done. I think Move let's get on. back to the cross. Sorry. This is- I'm getting fired up here. Today, we're heading to New York City. The Big Apple. The city that never sleeps. Oh, yeah. This city is like a zoo. You got the wolves of Wall Street. You got the sharks of finance. But today, we're talking about New York's most deadly predator. One that lurks below the city streets, in the dark sewers, waiting for the right time to strike is it like accountants or lawyers it seems to be where you're going with the zoo analogy no i'm just implying that this is a you know new york city it's a dangerous place okay 
1932, and police in Westchester County, just north of New York City, are working at the station on a lazy Sunday. They've got the baseball on on the background. They're polishing their guns, relaxing. <laughs> so what policemen do to relax? I think on a lazy day, on a lazy Sunday, definitely. If you get too excited watching the baseball, you don't need to be polishing your gun while you do it. That thing will go off. On a triple, it's going off. The door to the station swings open, and a group of kids walk up to the main desk. The receptionist is reading the newspaper, not paying attention. When he hears a loud thump of something being dropped on the desk, he lowers the paper to see a three-foot dead alligator lying on the table. Jesus. When the officers at the station ask the kids, Where'd you find this alligator? They said, The Bronx River. It's swarming with them. What? That's right. Today, Kit, we're going to talk about the legend of the New York City alligators. Jesus Christ. All right. I've been to New York a couple of times. I'm sure you've been a few times. Yeah, I've actually only been once. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not once did I hear about alligators. I I thought it would have come up. I think it's a pretty popular New York myth. I mean, there's even, I think, like a bronze statue in one subway station of an alligator popping out of a manhole and grabbing a baby. Really? Yeah. Very tasteless, actually, now that I think about it. I'm just imagining the one time you went to New York City was to do all the croc tours of the... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You you didn't give a shit about (laughs) the Empire State Building? Everyone's going around on, like, the traditional New York City uh, yellow cabs. And I've got one of those, like, hover gliders that's just going (laughs) round the swamps. Now, there's two kind of versions of the legends of the New York City alligators. The first is just simply that there are alligators living in the sewers. Nothing more, nothing less. But others believe the gators down there have mutated from ingesting sewage water. Uh Uh-oh. Which isn't a good combination. No, I mean, I've seen enough. I grew up on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And, I mean, it went well for them, but by all accounts, that nuclear waste could have turned them into any kind of... I mean, there seem to be other sort of mutant criminals in that world. Yeah. So if these crocodiles, we've said it before, they they get into contact with the nuclear waste and they don't have a rat sensei... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who knows where they end up? If Splinter wasn't there to steer these guys in the right direction, we would be talking today about a gang of little turtles stealing babies from subway stations. A hundred percent. One of the earliest recorded encounters of an alligator in New York was 1907, when the local newspaper wrote an article about a man named Charles Gids, who went to pick up a strange object while in the sewers. Charles Gids was cleaning out a sewer Friday when a workman called his attention to a strange object in the water. Gids picked it up, but suddenly dropped it with a yell. Workman then examined the object, which proved to be a young alligator, about 17 inches long. It had nipped Gids in the right hand, but inflicted little injury. It was learned a week later that an alligator had escaped a week ago from freeholder John W. Roach, and who welcomed its return with many thanks. That was fast. Yeah, so this is, I think, one of the first recorded instances of a man in the sewers in New York City coming across an alligator. And he has the scars to prove it, and he has the witnesses to prove it. It it really happened. So there has, at least on one occasion, definitely been a little alligator. A A little baby one, for sure. Yeah. 
Now, it should go without saying that alligators aren't local to New York. Sure. But that being said, the year was 1907. There's a number of possible explanations as to how a baby alligator ended up in the big city. I guess one is... to start a business. <laughs> yeah. They wanted to work in media... They wanted to get into real estate. Lots of options. How did Babe end up in the big city? <laughs> That's a great point. Wasn't he chasing his mama or something? Uh, yeah, I think it was a kind of home alone situation. He, he was left on his own. He had to get to someone. Yeah, maybe this alligator's mama was going to be turned into a belt or a shoe. And he chased it into the big city to try and stop whatever was going to happen. I don't remember alligators being very family oriented, but they might be. Yeah. Well, also, you know, a circus animal could have got loose, an exotic pet or zoo creature could have escaped. It's 1907. There's no laws. There's no rules for these kinds of things. People were probably commuting on lions, getting their delivery orders delivered by cheetahs and grizzly bears. It is one of the discrepancies we notice living here in the UK is that I don't know if Americans fully understand that in the UK, like... A wild pet to have is like a f***ing bird. Yeah, that's it, crazy. That's like, you're eccentric. Like, I, I probably don't want to know you if you have a bird for a pet. If you have a bird, you're now a jail bird. Because you are weird and you're going to get <laughs> locked, locked up. up. That's right. <laughs> that's just how we think over here. Whereas we always hear these stories about how there's all these tigers in Texas. Yeah. And now you're telling me there's crocs in New York City? <laughs> I thought those people were like us. Well, any of these explanations would have made sense if this was the one and only report of alligators in the city. However, it was only the beginning. Year after year, more reports and stories of New Yorkers spotting alligators in the city poured into the news. <laughs> this is f***ed. And in 1935 came the arrival of the Harlem Gator. The Harlem? So it's one famous gator very famous actually i'm surprised you haven't heard of him and yeah just one gator ever heard of harlem it's a pretty rough and tough neighborhood so even the alligators have to scrape and scrunch to get by <laughs> they become pretty tough too yeah you think the the alligators in florida are dangerous imagine alligators not only born and raised in the big city but in the hood on the the mean in street the projects <laughs> Obviously, the alligators down Sunshine County are pretty chill. Yeah. If an alligator is stressed out by his commute, if an alligator is stressed out by the grind of the 9 to 5. It was February 9th, 1935, at the end of the Great Depression, and a group of teens were shoveling snow from the streets down into the New York sewers to clear the roads. But as they tossed the piles and piles of snow down into the darkness, they heard a thrashing sound. They could see something moving down there. <laughs> the boys decided to form a makeshift lasso from a clothesline and toss it down into the sewers. After some trial and error, it seemed like the wire was hooked on something. So with one big pull, the boys yanked the cable and up shot an enormous eight-foot alligator! No! Snapping and snarling! <laughs> eight feet?! Do you know how heavy that would be? That would be insane. That's because it's the mother Harlem Gator, bitch. This guy's bigger he's than a, your babies. He's he's a basketball player. He's got that <laughs> Harlem eight foot tall stature. He eats other gators. He's enormous. 
The boys panicked and using their shovels beat it to death on the road. What? So you keep calling them boys, but they fished an eight-foot gator out of the sewer. <laughs> I assume there was a gang of them. And there then enough- boys in New York City in 1935 were men. That's so true. All right. So we don't have to worry about these kids. They probably had this is six like a, packs. This is like a steps. Scorsese movie. These guys yeah. are probably hired killers. Exactly. Back in these days, we didn't know how good we had it. Enough gate, all the gator meat you could eat <laughs> straight from the sewers. <laughs> we didn't have guns or nothing back then. You had to beat the damn thing to death. <laughs> I lost a digit every time I ate. Damn, I miss those good old days. <laughs> The New York Daily News speculated that it had escaped from the East River and had possibly swum into a sewer outflow pipe. I thought they didn't have... So there's so there are gators in the, in this river in the East River. I guess they've seen them before. I don't know where that is. Probably somewhere outside of the New York City. I guess they're thinking that this guy has gone basically upstream, right, all the way to the heart of the city. Okay, so it's like it's like a fish swimming up your toilet or something yeah like those trout that go or is it it's trout right to go up or salmon. salmon yeah they go up the up the stream yeah i don't know what these kids expected really i mean if you if you're hauling anything any clump out of the new york city sewers it's gonna be it's gonna be human shit it's gonna be bad it's gonna be a, a ball of rats mm-hmm. or a, a human corpse there's nothing good that you're going to get from, from... Especially if you hear it snarling and snapping in the darkness. <laughs> like It wasn't like you heard the, the, the jingling of jewels. Yeah, or like the shine of a, of a gold doubloon down there. And you were like, yeah, let's put a magnet on a rope and see what it attaches to, some precious <laughs> metal. No, they were like, I don't care what's down there, we're getting it. <laughs> I don't care what's down there. It's dinner tonight. I'm hungry and I don't have a job. Uh, how the F is this happening? Yeah. At this point, the New York City sewer gators weren't just a myth or a legend. All right. This is real. So how is this happening? Well, it turns out that in the 1930s, baby alligators were all the rage. Oh, Parents would get them for their children. Vacationers to Florida could bring them back as souvenirs. Bad parents and vacationers. You could even order them by mail by filling out adverts in the back of magazines. Jesus Christ. Then, the grim reality is that when the creatures got too big, they were dumped. What do you mean too big? They're gators. A six inch gator (laughs) is too big you got a week or two at, uh, you got a fortnight at max before this thing is starting to think you look pretty tasty it, a gator the size of your hand will still kill your dog it's too big it's like saying like we got a we got a pet panther but it got a little too big so we had to get rid of it it's a f-ing born killer <laughs> it's like you know how they say oh you know dogs aren't just for christmas it's a it's a lifetime of looking after it. Gators are just for Christmas. <laughs> Boxing Day, they're a little too big. And it's whack or get whacked. Get the shovels ready, kids. Because, uh-oh, there's no leftovers on Boxing Day because the gator ate them all. Of course. And by Boxing Day, it's hungry for more. In fact, it's hungry for flesh. These baby alligators were either thrown out into the wild, killed, or... As the rumors go, flush down the toilets where they'd end up in the city sewer system. Uh, can we 
Google pictures of baby gators. I want to understand. I want to put myself in the mindset of someone who would want one. Well, first off, I just realized I never even showed you. I have the actual clipping of the newspaper report from the discovery of the Harlem Gator. Let's see it. The eight-foot gator lassoed from a Harlem sewer. Uh, this is an actual photocopy of the newspaper article. <laughs> Okay, so right off the bat, you said it was eight foot tall. <laughs> this thing just about held up by two men reaches their chest. They're tall men. And they don't look tall men. Can you please read the headline for the article? James Matrino, a six-year-old boy from the Harlem Air. Oh, you're right. Okay, <laughs> f*** it. Uh, James Matrino, 19, with Salvatore Concolucci. Gotta love those Italian-American names. 16 with alligator dragged from rope from storm sewer in Harlem. Prize weighed 125 pounds and no one seemed to know how it got in the sewer. Youths were shoveling snow into the sewer when they discovered it. I mean, it's enormous. It, I'll give it to you. It's not eight foot, but it is, it is, it's too big. It's yeah. way, way too big to be in Harlem. That is terrifying. Dude, imagine... Imagine you were queuing for the tube in London and like you were just like on your phone and then just scuttling across the tracks before the train comes down. You just see an eight foot gator stomping, snarling and thrashing. That's terrifying. You know, in London, the only thing that you really have to look out for is pigeons. We're pretty safe here. Yeah, we got nothing really that can hurt us. Too cold. But as you said, what is a gator? This big doing in Harlem, let alone New York City. This is where things get get paranormal. While some people believe that gators have gone down into the sewers and merely just survived down there, others believe that they've thrived. People believe that the conditions of the sewers have led to, quote, special breeds of alligator. Whoa. Ones that after feeding on sewage and toxic waste <laughs> are now blind, giant, oh. albino monsters. No. I guess if there was any creature that has now adapted on the fly, evolved to basically eat human shit and live in the pure dark, that's going to be as close to a demon as we'll ever get. I mean, alligators and, and crocodiles are always touted as living dinosaurs. These are the creatures that have been alive for hundreds of... We're newbies. We're we're the fresh kids on the block. We've only been around for 200,000 years, give or take. These f***ers have been here for 100, 200, 300 million years. Pretty much unchanged. They nailed it first time. It's like God was designing a machine for robot wars. It was like, (laughs) give it four legs and massive teeth. And actually, while we're at it, armor. (laughs) It's like, nothing's going to take it down. Alligators are the black box of planet Earth. (laughs) When this whole ship goes down, the alligators are going to be there to be like, here's what I saw go down. All right. (laughs) Nuclear wars, global warming. The whole thing was Alligators will be able to tell these stories because they're indestructible. So true. The oceans dry up, they go above land. The yeah. land goes on fire, they go underwater. They no can more do food. It all. They can eat human shit, apparently. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that they've been the same for hundreds of millions of years. Yeah. 
uh, they are overdue an upgrade, a little ev- evolutionary <laughs> kind of chop shop style pimp my ride thing. Yeah. So, yeah. What happens if you just nail it first try? If an animal is just created perfect, born perfect, that's hard to improve. They're basically a weapon with eyes. Yeah. A suit of armor with knives on their face. So whilst evolution itself wasn't mixing up the formula too much, adding in just a hint of toxic waste has turned these things into even more deadly criminals. That'll sp- that'll speed things up for sure. At this point in the story, the only thing paranormal about these gators is their location. But the legend of the sewer gators is only beginning. Teddy May was the superintendent of the New York City sewer system in the 1930s. His years of service and dedication to his job earned him the nickname King of the Sewers. (laughs) Bad nickname. (laughs) Terrible nickname. That's like being like, this city wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the dedication and hard work you've put in, Rat King. (laughs) It's like, just call me... My name is Teddy. That's quite a cute Okay, Teddy Toilet Master Teddy. (laughs) All right, please. Look, my profession has nothing to do with my personality. Shite muncher Ted. All right, that's enough. One time I ate that shit and you guys won't let it go. Now, Teddy May met with his team of inspectors responsible for surveying the sewers and making sure everything's running smooth. But everything was not running smooth. (gasps) Everything was rough and jagged like an alligator's back. (laughs) The men seemed disheveled and anxious. They said, Look, Teddy, Sewer King, I know this is gonna sound crazy, but you got a whole city full of f***ing alligators down there, bro. Now, Teddy, knowing the sewers well, obviously didn't believe them and assumed the men were boozing on the job. So he hired another team of inspectors to watch the inspectors to find out if they were drinking down in the sewers. Pretty smart. I'm starting to see how he rose up through the ranks like that. When the team returned, they said, Well, the good news is your boys aren't drinking on the job. The bad news is you got a ton of alligators down there. (laughs) So there was nothing left for Teddy to do but head down himself. So he dragged open the manhole cover and descended down into the darkness of the sewers. Hello, darkness, my old friend. My only true home. He trudged through the sewage, flashlight in hand, looking out for this colony of alligators, but came up empty-handed. Then, hearing a gentle splash in the waters behind him... It it wasn't (laughs) gentle. There's no way it was ...turned with his flashlight to illuminate a a congregation of alligators... What? ...hiding by the small pipes in the backwash of the city. that. It was true. There were alligators living down there in the sewers. In the following months, Teddy assembled a dad squad, a squad of sewer dwellers, to completely eradicate the alligator infestation by any means necessary. Sewer knight? Sewer jester? Sewer queen? We must descend and fight? And they did try a few different ways. So first off... They allegedly baited some of the creatures with rat poison. Wow. Tried to get them out of their little crocodile alligator holes and chow down on some some poison. Yeah, cruel but necessary. I mean, that's already a pretty brave assumption that rat poison is going to kill a creature that's been eating raw sewage, presumably for the last 10 years. There's already a lot of rat poison down there. You don't need to add any. That might make them stronger at this point. 
That's like the appetizer for eating you. Other alligators were herded into main trunk lines where they drowned. Wow. I don't know a lot about how the sewers work. I'm assuming a Gustos Gloop style that they were pushed into skinny pipes, probably not filled with chocolate, where they died Willy Wonka style, just jammed in the pipes. He didn't yeah. die though. He just, he was fine. And finally, the surviving alligators were flushed through the pipes into areas where Teddy and his squad- Okay, don't flush them because that's how we got in this mess. I, I will remind you with yeah. flushing gators. You can't just flush away your problems, people. You got to <laughs> bag up the gator, bury it very, very deep. Or like we said in previous episodes, like Megatron, bottom of the Mariana Trench. The surviving alligators were flushed through the pipes. Hear me out. I know you're against flushing. They were flushed into areas where Teddy and his squad were waiting with loaded guns <laughs> to blast them on sight. Whenever you signed up as like, I don't know, whatever they call that job, like Metropolitan Refuse, yeah. um, you know, executive, uh, you, you didn't know you'd be getting a piece, <laughs> yeah. a machine gun. It'd be really worrying about day one. It's just like, all right, so we're going to head down into the sewers. Here you go, kid. And they just toss you like an AK. And you're like, what the hell? All right, everyone move in formation. Don't shoot without authorization. Remember, gators are haters. Gators are haters. And they just like, don't even use the ladder at this point. They just like nosedive into the manholes. Yo, between you and me, other than the gators, there's a lot of mutants too. You can kind of picture this as an action film, you know, that they all get ready at the precinct <laughs> to go down into the sewers. And the, the, the newbie on his first day like hops into the back of the Jeep and they're bumping down the New York City roads yeah. going under the manhole. And he's looking across at the other soldiers. They're like... One of them's like missing an eye. He's got a scar all down. One of them's got like a robot arm. And then there's a guy with a cigar in his mouth and he's like, first tour, kid. <laughs> Where are we going? What is this job? This is insane. Now, all of Teddy's accounts of these events are actually all documented in Robert Daly's book, The World Beneath the City, that tells all the stories of similar incidents in New York. Interesting. Now, while these are very dramatic stories, the way that it's told by the Sewer King himself is that none of these alligators really exceeded three feet. Okay. We're not looking at a Harlem gator situation here, folks. These Interesting. Are, these are maybe not baby alligators, <laughs> but certainly not mutant albino alligators. I don't actually know what the scale is. Is, is three feet normal? Is... I don't know. I think... No, they're pretty big, right? I, I thought so. How big is... But then an, I thought they could uh, survive underwater, but then you just told me they drowned them, so... I, they can probably survive underwater, maybe not in raw human shit <laughs> and feces. Drowned is a strong word. American alligators are three to four meters long. Okay, that's, that's a lot bigger than three feet right there. Yeah. If anything... <laughs> that's three to four times the amount of feet we thought they were. If anything, this alligator extinction is not really heroic. It's more just shooting malnourished lost animals in the, <laughs> in, the, in the darkness of the sewers. So while this is certainly an interesting case, it's not necessarily a paranormal case. But website disclosure.pw tells the story of an alligator that may possess paranormal qualities. The website states... 
that deep in the stagnant swamps along the border between Alabama and Florida, a story began circulating among the locals in the 1920s of a vicious alligator measuring 4.5 meters, nearly 15 feet long, which had emerged from the swamps to wreak havoc on the community. But in addition to its unusual size, this was no ordinary alligator kit. It was said that the creature possessed fiery red glowing eyes and was immensely powerful, able to easily rip large prey to pieces with his jaws and its tail, its fucking tail. <laughs> Another 18 <laughs> feet. That's right. I wasn't counting the tail before. Its tail was claimed to be able to flip over a fully grown horse with one lash. What? How do you flip a horse? <laughs> what does that mean? Did, I mean did you, it literally you, means nothing. Did you push it over or did it land back on its feet? Did you, yeah, flip, did, you, did it flip back onto its hooves? I have no idea. That Maybe that's like a southern saying. Yeah, flip a horse. Like, damn, Franklin, you've been going to the gym. You look like you can flip a horse. You know, I could maybe something like that. I guess like eat a horse. I yeah, don't know. I don't know. Uh, but, but you get the idea. This, this son of a bitch is strong, big right. and strong. One of the beastly alligator's feet had allegedly been partially taken off by a steel trap, giving it a distinctive two-toed track and leading to its nickname two-toed tong rumors said that he's this coming was... for the sewer king title <laughs> that's right he's kind of he's taking out teddy rumors said that this was not an ordinary animal at all but rather a demon from hell ah. a local farmer named pap haynes who had recently purchased land nearby was assured that the tales of the monster alligator just folklore. You got nothing to worry about, Haynes. Yeah. Oh, alli- yeah, of course there's some alligators. You know how to deal with them. Shovel them to death. Oh, those bones just lying around the yard? They're chicken bones. Yeah. We got big chicken down here in Alabama. Yeah, they're like prehistoric bones coming out of the ground 10 feet high. This was until one day he found one of his mules ripped apart. Uh-oh. And in the dirt two-toed tracks trailing blood to a nearby pond speculating that the beast was probably still wallowing in the pond digesting its meal Haynes filled up 15 syrup buckets with dynamite he he doesn't mess around at all literally the first thing that it's done he went from being convinced it doesn't exist to nuking a pond I thought he was gonna like maybe call the people who sold him the house be like hey I'm starting to think you weren't forthcoming about the whole two-toed Tom thing. (laughs) But he went straight to nuke the bitch. If he had had chemical weapons, he would have used them. I'm starting to think he purchased the land knowing full well that Tom was going to show up. Because no one goes from like, yeah, I guess you're right. And then being crossed once and saying, that's the final straw. (laughs) I've I've been living here for all of 30 minutes, two-toed Tom, and I'm not going to let you up my life you just know as well like he's telling people that the mule was ripped apart but it like it just got a scratch on his knee and he's like that's the last f-ing straw this gator this beast will die it's like you need to chill out i, I don't think anyone's even seen an alligator around these parts in over a hundred years haven't you seen the two-toed footprints isn't your donkey two-toed <laughs> 
What do you think? He ate himself? Is that what you're suggesting? <laughs> yeah, my donkey. Two-toe tinny, of course. <laughs> when he detonated the dynamite, it resulted in a spectacular explosion that completely devastated the pond, leaving very little chance for anything to have survived. <laughs> but then, just moments after the massive eruption, there were screams accompanied by riotous thrashing of water coming from a nearby pond. Knowing what this undoubtedly meant, Haynes went to go finish what he'd started. He hadn't started anything. <laughs> He's not even finishing anything. You can't finish something if nothing happened. If you just tried to detonate a pond. You blew up a the, the crocodile was nowhere near. It's time for the years of suffering to come to an end. All can, your shit is still in boxes. You could just leave. <laughs> he hasn't even opened the front door yet. <laughs> Moving can wait. I need to take care of something. So along with his sons and a posse of eight armed local men, okay, he headed to where the noise was coming from. When the men arrived... They were greeted by the glinting red eyes of Two-Toed Tom sinking under the bloodied water. Whoa. It soon became apparent where all the blood had come from, as the body of Haynes' 12-year-old granddaughter what? was laying nearby. No! This son of a bitch was in another pond eating his granddaughter. That is awful. Yeah, it's, it's demon activity. I love that this alligator in the aftermath of the huge dynamite explosion two-toed tom is just there like laughing like an anime villain just yeah. like ha 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 <laughs> you thought you could kill me Haynes would allegedly spend the rest of his days caught up in an obsessive quest to kill the beast and it is said that even when hard times hit the community and his friends and family were moving away Haynes refused to budge Instead, intent on remaining where he was in order to complete his vendetta to slay Two-Toed Tom. Wow. That's got to be kind of like an awkward family reunion. You know, we're, the whole family's around the table at Thanksgiving, and it's like... Uh, so Jacob here has actually uh, moved to New Jersey, started up that, that new company. How's that going, Jacob? Well, you know, it's just uh, it's just getting off the ground. We've still got a couple overheads to, to work out. Um but, you know, things are going good. Oh, great, yeah. Uh, how's everything with you, Haynes? Haynes is, like, <laughs> playing with his food. He's made, like, a f***ing alligator out of mashed potatoes. He's like, fun for some who get to enjoy life. Take things so lightly. Not old Haynesy. And they're like, still uh, still at the, still looking for a two-toed Tom, huh? Someone's got to take care of the beast. Otherwise, it will multiply and suddenly it would eat your f***. Little New Jersey all right, business. All right, we've had. <laughs> you think it doesn't like businesses? It loves small businesses. It loves to eat them for breakfast. Haynes, we're look. We all know what you're doing is is important work. We're just we're just trying to have dinner here, man. We're just trying to chill out and be a little family. You don't think that if I walked away from my property for five minutes, Two Toe Tom wouldn't go straight to Manhattan and start nibbling at the Empire State Building itself? You just know that would exactly be what would happen, you know. Everyone's calling him crazy. Everyone's making fun of him. They heckle him out of town. He's like, all right, uh, you've had enough of me? Fine, I'll leave you all be. And he moves down, like, out into the to the woods or something. And then, boom, in the news next day, 
A local body was found in a, behind a bar with alligator bite marks all over its neck. A family of five were found dead in their home with an alligator-shaped hole in the wall. It's like a whole pandemic. People are dropping <laughs> off one by one. At the White House, the Stars and Stripes is conspicuously absent, and a new alligator-themed <laughs> flag has been raised as of this afternoon. And then they got to go out to the woods, you know, tail between their legs. They got to find this old <laughs> cabin. And they're like knocking on the door. They creak their way in. They're like, Haynes, Haynes, we need you. We're, we're sorry. And he's like sleeping in his cot, you know, with a loaded shotgun. Of course. Like, Haynes, we need you to come back. It's it's not going to. And they step on like a board that makes a creak. And he's like, it's f-ing Tom. <laughs> Blows their heads clean off with one shot. <laughs> It's just me and you at the end of the world. Blood brothers. Tom, it's just us, your family. What was that you said about blood brothers? One of the reasons Haynes may not have ever been able to ultimately kill the enormous alligator could be because it's said that shortly after the dynamite attack, Tuto Tom apparently went on the move, crossing the state line into Florida to continue its slaughter of cattle. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you. I guess if you hear about this alligator that is constantly roaming around this one part, haunting the residents, you never assume he's just going to up shop and go. That, that doesn't happen. Yeah, but I mean, from everything I've heard in the popular media, Florida is a kind of paradise for old people and alligators. So I can understand why it would be attractive. It's kind of disappointing because when I was reading this story, I was kind of hoping that it would result in a Revenge of the Sith-style showdown where Haynes and Tuto Tom are fighting on a lava planet. And, you know, Haynes is like, It's over, Tuto Tom! I've got the high ground! <laughs> and then Tuto Tom is, like, lashing about in the lava because he thinks it's water. He, he's got red eyes. He sees in red. He doesn't know what's hot and what's not. And, uh, you know, he tries to do like a gator barrel roll and flip right over. And Haynes has got, I don't know, what's the redneck equivalent of a lightsaber? <laughs> a f- whiskey bottle, I guess. <laughs> he just smashes it over the gator's head as it soars over him. And it just rolls down into the into the puddles of the floor. I mean, that's what I would say. It's got to become one-toed, Tom, after that scene. <laughs> Obviously. And then, of course, Haynes leaves. He didn't realize that Tuto Tom was just picked up by Chancellor Palpatine <gasps> and turned into Darth Tom. Oh, fuck. Your problems have just multiplied. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. That's one of the most popular stories I could find of a actual essentially a super gator mm. so thank you for that great bit of info there from www.disclosure.pw not exactly a cryptid but i guess so a kind of mythical super animal yeah i mean that's a good great discussion at what point does an animal just get so abnormally large that it's a cryptid yeah i mean if because you do see that in the you always see those pictures on the internet where it's like oh yeah you think you think kangaroos are a joke? Look at this son of a bitch. And it's like an abnormally jacked kangaroo. It's a Mike Tyson kangaroo. It's yeah. a heavyweight champion of the world. That for some reason is insanely stronger and faster than it, a kangaroo should be. Yeah. I, Does that make him paranormal? I always think this when I see uh, albino, funnily you mentioned it, but like albino animals. Yeah. Um, there bizarrely seems to be in a number of different animal species this tendency for one in a million to be colored entirely white. Yeah. And I always think, wow, imagine being like some hunter-gatherer living 10,000 years ago. If you saw that one in a million white elephant or like white giraffe or white horse in the in the wilderness, you would 100% assume that it was a paranormal message or sign from the gods. Yeah. It's only just like, Today, science has told us like it's it's pretty strange, but it's we can explain it. Oh, guys, so boring. Oh, sons of bitches, take F- a magic out of everything. There's only one place on Earth untouched by science, and that's Disneyland, and that's why it's the <laughs> happiest place on Earth because magic and joy and love is real. Exactly, and that little cryptid Mickey Mouse is one day gonna get what's coming to That's him. That's right. As soon as I can get a net and a tranquilizing dart through the I try security, to bring a piece every time. Yeah, <laughs> you you should, as you should. Um, but unfortunately, we can't bring our weapons in, so I'm just forced to take photos with the guy and pose like I'm having a good time. Ask a few questions try and learn a little about his patterns yeah he doesn't even realize that it's me because i got the ears on my head blending in he thinks i'm one of one of them (laughs) this just demonstrates the the fine line between cryptid and a freak of nature (laughs) it's so true 
Um, I've actually seen an albino alligator before really? in a zoo. I don't remember. I think it was a zoo in America. Good Lord. Surprisingly, really cute. Oh, yeah. I actually think alligators are quite cute. Where is this going? That's, that's it. That's, they're not going anywhere. You're on the alligator Where is it going? Now. I'm not going to f*** it. Well, you just spent an entire episode <laughs> saying that they're murderous <laughs> bastards, and then now you're telling me they're cute? So I'm starting to question your alliances. They got things. a cheeky little smile. What? You can't help but love them. They killed a granddaughter. Look, that's in their instinct, you know? It's like when a cat kills a bird. You don't go like, I will now make it my mission to hunt and kill that cat. You go, hey, come on now, little cat. You I've been campaigning for years for cat prisons. <laughs> and no one will listen, but the little furry assholes need to be locked up just for a week or two at a time. To teach them a lesson. That's what I'm saying. I think one of the weirdest things that we should talk about in this entire case, because it's a huge case, and there's so many levels to it, you know, not even talking about... <laughs> you cut the street level, sewer, <laughs> sewer level, sub-sewer level. Three, I guess, are the levels. Yeah, that's kind of it. Alligators aren't typically violent by nature. You're telling me they're cute, you're telling me they're not violent, you just listed for 45 minutes the murders that they've done. It, it, I meant in terms of... I mean, first off, the murders was by a demon. You said it was a weapon that could walk. Yeah, but the we weapons don't kill people. Yes, they do. The people kill people. So if I would like, if there, if you were starting to sound like an NRA narc, if you were in a, if you were in a swamp, and an alligator was swimming by, if you're sitting there, he's not gonna shimmy up to you and and eat you. He's gonna swim on by. Is that true? It doesn't. I sound think so. <laughs> I think they only. <laughs> well, you gotta base it on something. Jesus Christ! Scientists have said. There you go. I'll start the sentence like that. How well, about that? Okay, that's not how it works. So you don't just say. Jesus scientists Christ! Said and Google it. Are alligators violent? Are alligators violent? Don't you like pick out a convenient like piece of information? <laughs> gotta scroll a bit here. <laughs> how to survive an alligator attack? <laughs> Is it rare for an alligator to kill a person? That's a good question. But it implies <laughs> that it has happened. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Have you seen them? <laughs> Absolute weapons they are. It says American alligators are often less aggressive towards human than larger crocodiles. Okay, right? but that's like saying... <laughs> and crocodiles? It's like saying a nuke is a bit more destructive than dynamite. <laughs> There's no point in arguing this because my next point is going to be... That actually, they're pretty violent. <laughs> so, what, what is the point of this setup? You couldn't convince me that they weren't violent, only to then try and contradict that and say they are. That was the point of the sentence. The point of the sentence was going to be, imagine that didn't happen. All right? Scientists will tell you that alligators are typically not very violent towards humans. Okay. However... <laughs> this man in Florida would tell you that yes, they are. Michael Diaz was swimming in a stream just a few blocks from his home outside of Apopka, Florida. And then, without a word of a lie, something came up my back. I felt something punch me in the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was pushed underwater by this thing. I presume it was a person. While underwater, I turned around underwater and looked up and I saw bubbles splashing, a white belly of a gator, and then I just panicked. I freaked out. 
And being waist-deep water, I just stripped the water, whipped up my back, and started swinging and punching at the gator, <laughs> trying to defend my life and make sure I wasn't bitten anymore. I just didn't want to be He's anymore. smiling. He's laughing. Diaz managed to fight off the six-foot alligator, but the damage was done. They gave me uh, 33 staples for all the different uh, bites and uh, stabbing wounds I got. Why is he smiling? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let it be known that whenever he described his uh, retaliation on the gator, he just he he started swinging wildly with his fists, yeah, while smirking. <laughs> it's very hard to kind of get across in audio how like animated and excited this man is about his fight with a gator. <laughs> It seems like even before he knew what was happening, he had ripped off his mask and was like violently punching the water. (laughs) That interview was like someone talking about their first skydiving experience or something. Yeah. It was really weird and excitable and happy. I think at the end he said he got stabbed by the gator. He said 33 (laughs) staples and multiple stab wounds from the gator. What? I don't understand. <laughs> donkey punched him on the back of the head and then stabbed him. You thought the New York Gators were rough. Yeah. Jesus. They don't f*** around. Um, <laughs> that video is incredible. It's so good, isn't it? He's absolutely lying. None of it happened. No, yeah, no one who actually went through that is that excited <laughs> to retell the story. It's kind of like... It felt like at at any point he was going to be like, so I'm like swimming in the waters, you know, top off six pack biceps, all glistening in the sun. You know, I just said, I kiss goodbye to my supermodel wife. You wouldn't know what she lives in another town. And I'm just coming there and I start swimming. I get knocked on the back of the head. I turn around eight, nine, 20 gators all lined up, ready to take me on. I said, ready to die, you scaly bastards. And I start taking them down one by one. I got one in a chokehold. I'm giving one a noogie. It sounds like he's just making it up as he goes along. He's, I'm a borderline swamp hero. Now, before we kind of round up our story for this evening, it's interesting to note that while a lot of scientists do agree that it is almost near impossible for an alligator to survive for extended periods of time in, in the sewers, it, drinking sewage and, and poop, <laughs> as we did state earlier in the episode... Alligators are hard as f**k. They have survived several extinctions and even the last ice age. That's why scientists describe them as living fossils. Yeah. Other interesting notes, kind of linked to how they're a little bit cute. They also like to hang out in groups and are actually pretty chatty. Yeah, they're not. So what could you possibly mean by that? Because they don't talk. Uh, They make hisses growls and roars to communicate with each other while they're in a group so they're actually super intelligent yeah you know what else likes to hang out in a group lions and murderous animals because they hunt in packs yeah but they're also lions you know kind of cute kind of chatty when you you think about them (laughs) little chatty kathy as i like to call them (laughs) that just about rounds up our episode for this week all right with the new york city gators wow I feel like I've been through the sewer systems. I feel like the start of this episode was us being flushed and we're coming out the other side only now. Kit, what are your thoughts? I feel like I'm about to be shot in the head by the 
Sewer King, whatever his name was. Um, my thoughts are, uh, thank you for this. Um, pr- primo investigative journalism. Really thank you. Thank took you. a lot. A lot of credit to, um, as I said, the New York Times for an incredible uh, article detailing the records of alligator sightings in the city. I, I will say thank you to them. I will say maybe get back to doing the news because I feel like they should, if someone should be doing that, they should. Sure. Maybe like cool off the kind of alligator stuff. Unless, of course, it is all real and then there should be way more written about this. Everyone should be about would be talking about this. <laughs> it's just at the top of all their articles. It's like uh, the 2020 nominations uh, for both parties are looking very, very tight. But um, what none of them have spoken about as of yet is the looming Gator Gate in New York City. <laughs> Climate change this year is on the rise. Of course, that means very little to our inevitable gator overlords who will be ruling us any day now. We are, after all, just uh, stewards of this planet until they feel they want to take the power back. Till they decide to flush us. (laughs) This is a pretty wild story and one that is clearly grounded in a lot of fact. We've got right off the bat, you showed me a photo of a giant Harlem gator. Uh, back in the day the difficulty here the question is 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 any of this paranormal and we do have some inklings for this like you demonstrated with the bloody-eyed sort of paranormal alabama gator but do we have enough to go on the line and say that that's real yeah yeah this kind of this case reminds me a lot of the time that we investigated vampires Mm. because it poses an interesting dilemma when we're coming down to conclusions you know i think in that episode, the question was, are vampires real? Yes. Not necessarily is what we're dealing with paranormal. Yeah. If we look at this case and say, have there been alligators living in the New York City sewers? I guess the answer probably would be yes. Maybe not for extended periods of time. Certainly not in giant mutated form. Right. But yeah, it, I mean, it's fact that alligators were pulled up and discovered in the sewers of New York City. I guess it depends if we want to come down on whether or not these stories are real or whether or not these alligators are genuinely mutated and enormous, similar to Two-Toed Tom. Okay, well, I know what my personal bar for this is. If we can prove that the alligators we've seen are out of the ordinary, if they have truly, like you say, been mutated... right then maybe we can go online and say this is is real, that this is paranormal. But what I got to know is, what's like the the biggest American gators found? Okay, that's a, yeah, that's, a, that's a good thing to look up. We need a frame of reference. Okay, so the largest American alligator uh, scientifically verified was in Florida, uh, somewhere between, it says between 1977 to 1993. Is that when it was live? I don't know. Uh, it was 4.2 meters long, almost exactly 14 feet long. Okay. And there is a skull that exists, which seems to be even bigger. They estimate about 4.5 meters, four, so almost 15 feet long. Wow. So for that reason, the sizes we've seen, the descriptions we've seen, alligators have definitely killed people throughout history. I don't think the behavior we've seen today is so wildly different or unbelievable or unexplainable. And for that reason, for me, it's going to be a no today. 
That's fair enough. I mean, even the Harlem sewer gator, uh, the biggest and most popular one that was ever documented, was pushing eight foot. You know, we're not de- that's big for a alligator in New York City. Yes. But as we discovered, you know, in the wild, they get a lot bigger. These, if anything, the sewage water probably hasn't done a lot of good to these gators. <laughs> <laughs> they were probably ten foot when they got in there. <laughs> And they're being tumble-dried through the sewer system, coming out shrinky-dinky. Uh, it's going to be... You know, oh, God, it's tough. I wanted this one to be... I wanted this one to maybe steer in a direction where I could say yes, because there have been alligators in the sewer system. But guys, this isn't this weird life. It's this paranormal life. And is this paranormal? No, no. There's a logical explanation for it. Uh, none of these alligators spawned through a hell gate. Uh, they're there because they were flushed. And Tuto Tom probably doesn't exist. If he does, <laughs> he's just an alligator. Well, that's this week's episode of This Paranormal Life. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I had a blast. As I said, I feel like this was a whirlwind a toilet bowl whirlwind of Truly. information that just f- washed over us. And we have come out gators on the other side. Cute little gators. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of This Paranormal Life. If you did, and you want to get a little bit more, maybe you've caught up with all the episodes weekly. Maybe you've listened to the backlog. Maybe you've gone back and listened to every episode five times, ten times. There's more, guys. There's a secret. A sewer sub-level. <laughs> yeah. You went down. Listening to this paranormal life is going down into the sewers with a flashlight and finding spooky shit. What you don't realize is there's a sub-sewer of even spookier classified information. All right? And you can find that on patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. Where you can get access to the bonus episodes for five bucks a month. That's how we keep the show going, guys. We don't run ads. Uh-uh. We, we don't make any money any other way. It's purely just by creating bonus content and having support from you guys, our awesome audience that keeps the show running. And if you do support us on Patreon, we like to end the show by giving you a special shout out. So thank you to Matt. Well, if it isn't Matt in the hat, an eccentric billionaire who built a mansion that mm. looks like a baseball cap. Wow. Incredibly impractical. Uh, it leaks rainwater almost every night. Uh, feral dogs have managed to sneak in the back. But it's a cool house, so fair play to you. Is he the, is he the first billionaire bro to build a snapback <laughs> mansion? He was. Thanks also to Shan Keddy. Shan Keddy is always ready. It doesn't matter what for, just always ready. It's like if you if you text them being like, hey, I was thinking of going to they just before you've even texted it, they text back being like, Yes, I'm there, let's go. I love it. I love that kind of attitude. It's like, hey, it's four in the morning. I don't care I don't sleep. I'll be there. <laughs> and if there's ever a surprise wedding, they've got the confetti. That's right. See what I did there? Confetti? Or Ket Shan Ketty. Yeah, Ketty. Yeah, yeah. sure. Thanks also to Emma C. Emma is in a bit of a dilemma. Oh. Because Emma C is see-through. Oh. Yeah, not even a ghost, just weirdly transparent. 
like invisible, like a kind of Harry Potter invisibility cloak. Yeah, but everyone can still see her. Oh. And you can, like, you can bump into her and stuff. So she can't just pretend to be a ghost because someone would hit oh, her. Oh, she's more like a shrimp, kind of like see-through <laughs> skin. Yeah, yeah, more like a shrimp. Wow, she's a human shrimp. Awful. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. I know, it's, it's a tough life, but I hope you find something to do with it. Thanks also to Rowan Frauen. Rowan, uh, it's pretty interesting family history there in that family. Um, all of their ancestors died tragically in rowing accidents. Whoa. But it's just, that's their that's their family business, Rowan. How do you die in a rowing accident? Off a waterfall, off oh, the edge yeah. of the earth, if you believe it to be flat, um, for example, um, into the mouth of a hippopotamus. They just can't stop. They can't stop. It's a family business. So, Rowan, I respect that kind of commitment to the family business. Brave. Thanks also to Roxy Hampton. Well, if it isn't Doxy Roxy, master identity thief. What, she just steals other people's identities? Doxes people from morning to night. That's sneaky. Sneaky like a foxy, Roxy. Oh! Thanks also to Gabriel Kornberger. We don't need to tell you what this person's famous for. Inventor of the Kornberger. That's right. Yeah, instead of a beef patty, some corn. Instead of a bun, corn on the cob. It's a very kind of middle America treat. Very much so. If you're from either coasts, or indeed if you're from Europe, you'll never have heard of this. But the corn burger is blowing up right now. Yeah, Delicacy. Thank you to Kelly Gardner. Kelly Gardner, inventor of the jelly hardener. (laughs) Until Kelly came along. Why would anyone need that? Jelly pretty much didn't exist. Jelly was just pretty much water, like a thick water. Right. Oh, okay. It was quite a sad treat that kids had on birthday parties, but it pretty much always ruined the birthday. It's like drinking slime. Until Kelly came along and hardened it up, and now it's the kind of jolly little birthday snack we've all come to love. Yeah, it's a delicate... You don't want to make it too hard, though, because once that thing right. reaches a, you know, a solid state, uh, you're going you're gonna to lose a couple teeth. Oh, Kelly lost some teeth during the <laughs> trialing and R&D on this one. Thanks also to Jared. Jared the Jelly Softener. He's ruined many a birthday party. He just comes around with his magic little fingers turning perfect jelly into puddles. They're very much nemesis, Kelly and Jared. Exactly. You know, you can't have one without the other, you know, because if all the jelly was water, then you wouldn't have the hardener. And if it was all solid, you wouldn't have the softener. That's so, beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful dance. And yet, at every birthday party, at some point, a parent screams, Why are these grown men and women at this birthday child's birthday party? You weren't invited. You brought the jelly. Little Fabian doesn't like jelly. <laughs> Thanks also to Ghostly Grimoire. Ghostly Grimoire at this point is mocking us. I've been trying to catch this ghost for years. Really? It's an elusive little bastard, and here it is, sending me money on the internet. As if it has flesh and bones. Yeah. Oh, you know what would really piss me off? If you just friggin' doubled those donations. Yeah. Tripled them, you know, really rubbed it in. Yeah. That, that shit would drive me crazy. I fucking dare you, ghostly. Thank you too, Casey. Just saying the name Casey gets my heart all racy. Yeah? That's how much love I have for Casey. And when I feel love, I want a Casey of ice-cold beer. To celebrate this Casey's Day parade. (laughs) Oh, beautiful! Thank you for all your support, Casey. Thanks also to Alan Clarkson. Alan Clarkson is an excellent marksman. (laughs) With any weapon you want. 
I mean, throwing knives, throwing knives, axes, axes. What even weapons that aren't supposed to be thrown like a shield. Oh. You'll still throw that thing like a boomerang on some Chris Evans shit. I like it. Yeah, like absolutely. It. Just the most perfect marksman. Whatever it is, he won't miss. He mm. could throw up a, a freaking corn burger 200 yards into the mouth of a hungry man. But he wouldn't because it's too delicious. Of course. Thanks to Emily Bashek. They say to keep your friends close and your Emily's closer. Whoa. Yeah. So she ain't a friend? She's absolutely not a friend. She's actually a pretty big enemy. Oh. I don't know why she's doing this, flaunting her wealth in front of us on the podcast. Well. She dropped a hundred grand this month. Wow. That doesn't even get you anything. You only get one shout out. It doesn't get louder or anything. But she put our enemy's name in our mods and that's that's worth six figures it is it is so thank you emily i say begrudgingly thank you to rico suave rico suave the kind of guy that lives in miami you know hawaiian shirts sunglasses on oh yeah but he is a huge nerd of course as well this son of a bitch is going to anime conventions he's painting war hammers you know everyone's like Rico Suave? Oh my god, who is this guy? He's importing Dance Dance Revolution uh, arcade cabinets all the way from Nihon. Uh, it is it's crazy. He's, he's pulling up to the D&D meet in a Lamborghini. Yeah. That's what this guy's up to. And they turn him away because they're like, even you're too nerdy for us. <laughs> it's a weird balance. Thank you to ThistleNot23. ThistleNot23? You think this is some kind of sick joke? You're not gonna tell us what you did to Thistleknot 1 through 22? <laughs> I see what this is to you. You're some sort of clone mother Exactly. And the audacity to come on this podcast. You, you've been in our inbox complaining about the tears on our Patreon. And you're not happy about it. Well, you're getting your shout out. So Thistle make you happy. Hey! Not. Oh. Because he's never happy. Thank you to Adam Flensborg. You've heard of a cyborg. Adam's a Flensborg. What is a Flensborg? From the planet Flan. Not Flen? No. It's a planet of a delicious, creamy, kind of dessert-based type people. Right. You said he's a, a Flensborg. Well, he's not a Flan, is he? He's a Borg. So he's like an imitation of one of the Flan people. Okay. He's a Flensborg. Okay, fair. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, why not? What do you mean, why not? This is science I don't. I want to move past this. I'm confused. Thanks also to Kylie Martin. Kylie Martin, the kindly Martian. Ooh. Even though they're from another planet, they're always just like super appreciative of your time when they when they come and visit, you know? Mm. Which a lot of Martians come down and they're like, we're going to kill you or dissect you. Mm-hmm. But Kylie's just like, what are you guys up to? This, this planet seems pretty chill. You guys want some space weapons? Here you go. Yeah, here, giving them out. We appreciate your generosity. Thank you to Anthony Roberts. Anthony Roberts has a sick pastime. He likes to rob ants. Okay. Which from what? It's bizarre because they don't really have much. Picnic food, I guess. Picnic food, tiny little crumbs, maybe it leaves, maybe the odd berry. Wait till Anthony hears about bees because they have shit worth robbing. Honey. And honey is money, Anthony. We've been saying that for months. Thanks, lastly, but not leastly, to Sekie. 
Similar to plan B, this is Seki A. That's right, the first of all the Sekis. You got Seki B, Seki C, but we're dealing with Seki A, the original. Right. Original and best, folks. Exactly. It's like the, the, the Cool Ranch flavor. Right, was that the original? <laughs> no, the original was cheese. Wait, are we talking about Doritos? <laughs> it was cheese? <laughs> I think so. Isn't it Cool Original? That's way too cool to be the original. I think I'm having a, a, a meltdown here. <laughs> what? The original, of course, was cheese. <laughs> Alexa. Wait. wait. <laughs> Rory, Rory's staring at his iPhone, yelling Alexa, confused as to why it's not responding. My brain. <laughs> Listen to me, you robot. <laughs> Sekier, respond. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and assume no one knows what the first uh, flavor of Doritos Presumably was. Presumably it's some sort of ancient Egyptian secret. Yeah. And the Doritos Corporation merely unearthed it and just started man mass manufacturing it. We have no idea, but it doesn't matter because it's not paranormal. Thank you to everyone who listened to this week's episode. As always, we'll be back next week with a brand new paranormal tale. 